Hello all and welcome to edition 117 of On The Ball, the Norwich City podcast that knows exactly how it feels to only get going after an hour. I'm Michael Bailey, I cover the Canaries for The Athletic and I hope this finds you safe and well. On the way, stoking the fires, shoulder passes and disconnect four. Once again, I've written four puns or three puns. In fact, there are only three. I can count three puns with no real connection to the rest of the podcast. But that's absolutely fine. Uh, We'll work through all that and more with our fabulous guests this fine evening. They are author of the official history of Norris City and purveyor of fine jumpers. It is Zoe Morgan. Hi, Michael. How are you doing? Good, thank you very much. Thanks for joining us. We also have BBC Radio Norfolk host, presenter, oh, and new dad. So go easy on him, I've put here. I think that's a slightly old intro, but, you know, he's still a new dad, so we'll claim it. It's the delightful Phil Daly. Thank you very much. What have you been drinking, by the way? I don't know why, do I smell? You know, you're just, you're really buzzing tonight. I love it. It's good. This is good. Three points does to you. Bringing the energy. It definitely wasn't the three points. Let's not give that the credit. Uh, and finally, um, making his on-the-ball debut, it's national freelance sports journalist and Cambridge's finest. You may have also seen him on those Zoom press conferences uh, during lockdown. It's the lovely John West. Hey, John. Hello. Thanks for inviting me. It's nice to be a debutant. Well, this was quite sporadic because I, I met you on the way into the ground on Saturday and I was like, John, you should come on the podcast. And then here we are. Well, I'm glad, glad you couldn't get anybody else. At, uh... <laughs> <laughs> uh, if only it wasn't true. No, it is true, John. It's lovely to have you on. Um, for those uh, for those watching us live on your chosen social media platform, we also want to hear from you over the course of the podcast. So uh, get involved. Uh, it can be on absolutely anything. And if you want to contribute, uh, but you are not listening or watching live, that's fine. Simply email us with your story or comments. The address is twitterkers at iCloud.com. Com. Uh, how are we all then? Zoe, how are you? I'm really good. Feeling slightly underqualified uh, to be on the podcast, given that I'm surrounded by three actual journalists. Uh, and all I do so is it's... seem to spout on El Hernandez puns for uh, most of the hours when I'm on. That's fine. That's exactly why you're here. And also, uh, you have written the official Norwich City history. So I wouldn't necessarily, <laughs> you know, what you've written is truthful. Some would say not all that I've written is truthful. So let's move on quite quickly. <laughs> that uh phil how are you i love the cap uh there's obviously yeah. not great for the audio listeners but could you explain to me what your cap is uh do you know what this was given to me by uh was sent to me from a friend in america who went to a brewery in norwich connecticut and this uh, you can't see it but it says i think it says what does it say these guys brewing company which is from norwich connecticut so wow yeah is there like the US version of Lacons? Is it Lacons? Lacons. Let's not brand other people's podcasts. Let's let's go with Redwell. No. <laughs> we'll get the TNC boys on again, I'm sure, at some point. Uh, John, uh, we have had a quick chat, but uh, how are you? Thanks for joining us. How are you? Are you well? I'm lovely. Thank you. I'm feeling slightly nervous. But, uh... Are you? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, well, yeah, I'm just saying that. <laughs> <laughs> so you're not really. I love it. <laughs> but, you know. You'll you'll soon realise the level of the podcast. You'll be absolutely fine. <laughs> you'll have no worries whatsoever. Um, right. Well, I reckon we should probably crack on with a bit of uh, this week's headline act. Yes, as often happens in the championship, it's been two games since we were last on. Um, And what a pair of games they were as well. Uh, The much-hyped trip to Burnley went pretty much exactly as I said it would at the end of the last podcast, uh, with a 1-0 defeat and various conversations about style. Uh, And then we had uh, the victory over Stoke 3-1, where style was literally not required. It was just football with goals um it's been quite an interesting i've written here acrimonious period so the question is zoe did saturday ease some of it for you good question uh it was a strange it was a strange game wasn't it it was sort of going into it it was one of those games that you really weren't looking forward to i think it was not only because of what might happen on the pitch but just the atmosphere everybody's kind of moods everything felt very febrile kind of on a knife edge um going into it um and then sort of as the game 
started obviously it kind of started probably as everyone was worried it might um not really anything happened for for quite a long period of the game um but then obviously we scored these sort of really wonderful goals um in the second half which I don't know it was it was sort of I don't know it well it felt wonderful um and quite moving sort of for me I think it was um I don't know I feel like everyone sort of everyone went into that game geared up to sort of have a fight effectively and sort of, you know, turn turn on the team, turn on the manager, you know, at a moment's notice. And I think we saw that with this very, very dubious period of booing when Onel got subbed, um, which it was almost like, well, I've come to boo. I need a reason to boo. Here's, here's the only thing I'm going to get. I'm going to do it this time. Um, and I just thought that was really quite awful moment I would say actually um especially for Marcelino Nunez who was coming on who must have thought are they booing because I'm coming on (laughs) rather than Anel going off and I it sort of found it quite yeah heartbreaking that that moment Um, I mean that it was it was almost um the same when Kieran Dahl went off for Gabriel Sara because they were sort of cheers which I think was because Sara was coming on or there was a change but it just sounded like they were cheering Dahl going off which yeah I don't think was the case, but I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm wrong. Maybe they were of, actually doing that. It was a, a bit, bit of both. That. Yeah, um, it was a bit yeah, harsh given he's been off for laryngitis for like two. And weeks. I thought he didn't look well, to be honest, while he no. was playing. I don't. He, he certainly looked like he was off it fitness wise. Um, but yeah, it was it. Yeah, so so when we scored those wonderful goals, it was kind of I found it quite sort of stirring, I guess, in terms of like fundamentally what we want as supporters is for Norwich City to win. Um, you know, that you can't get in the way of that. And, it, you know, that it has to take a certain kind of character, I think, to to delight in us not winning. Um, so when we do win, you know, and play, play, even if it's only 20 minutes of really wonderful football, it's hard not to get excited. And, you know, as I'm a great optimist when it comes to football, obviously now convinced we're not going to lose again for the rest of the season. Right, exactly. <laughs> and in fairness, I would say 20 minutes is probably quite positive because it might have been a bit more like 12. But, um, <laughs> you know, it all it all counts. Um, a bit, we will get maybe onto the goals in a tick, Phil. But, I mean, the, some of the stuff Zoe mentions there, there, there were a couple of moments. There was, uh, there was the fact that it was 1-0, yet passes were getting booed. You know, people were booing whilst Norwich were leading. Um, it, I, like if something didn't happen, they didn't like on the pitch. So it was one or two examples, maybe in the second half, where they were literally on their backs, just very briefly. The fans, the supporters. Um, and the other one was half-time, where the half-time whistle went, and there was this very strange noise that it was sort of a... Hmm. You know, no one clapped or, you know, cheered or, hey, and nothing, or booed, no, or nothing towards the referee, nothing. It was just like a... Oh, bring it on. It's just very strange. I've never heard 20,000 people do that. No, I mean, I think one of the reasons was, you know, we obviously go and speak to some of the fans uh, as our part of our pre-match build-up. And, and there were a number of people saying, well, I hope we lose today because it means Dean Smith might be a step closer to getting sacked. And I think at that point, they weren't sure what was going to happen next, whether actually the second half Norwich were going to capitulate and they were going to get their wish or... Well, actually, that they they might win. What happens then? Like, what does what does that mean? Especially because it wasn't very convincing at all. Obviously, in the first half. So, I think that's what the mood was like. It was it was a case of I don't know whether to be happy or sad that we're playing not not great, but we are winning. I'm not sure what to do in this situation. I think that's kind of where uh, some fans were. Put it that way. I think that's a fair point. And uh, yeah, I'll just say for my part, part of this so far, I don't want to make it sound like a, a distance or talking too down to fans. That's not the the point. Oh, like really? I, I know there's a broad, there's a, a a broad church of supporters, and 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 that's kind of part of the fun that everyone has a slightly different opinion on it. Although <laughs> the split maybe is the thing that. But, but, that I, but I think that first half was the case, wasn't it? It was so meh. That, that no one really got what they wanted. That was that was kind of the point, wasn't it? No one was happy. No one was sad. Even the people who wanted to be upset couldn't really be hugely upset. You know, it was so strange. Well, the first, I have to say, I thought the first half was was worse than against Luton. I thought it was. I thought it was awful. And they were then they were one 0 up, John. Whereas against Luton, obviously, it was it, it, the result or the scoreline was was ultimately. Um, you know, probably a greater factor than the, the performance. Dean Smith himself as well said that he felt that most of the early performance 
wasn't very good either. So it's not really a debating point. Even the head coach looked at it and thought, it's a bit rubbish. That is true. I mean, it was a dreadful first 70 minutes. It was... Oh, um, that's the way. 70 minutes. That's not even the first half. That's that's plus more than half of the second half. Yeah, I I can understand why people aren't happy watching that. They pay good money. But I do find it a bit strange that it's got this toxic, if toxic's the right word, we can debate that, with a team that's still looking upwards. It's still in the playoffs. And I can't really understand why the fans are that upset. Because, yeah, we saw once once they got going, the last 20 minutes were magnificent, weren't they? And if the fans hadn't have been so sarcastic, it might have happened earlier. That's my opinion. I mean, they, they were getting, you know, when they scored a goal and they go, how something must you be? You're, we're, we're winning 1-0. And then second goal, how must you be? We're winning 2-0. I spent a lot of my time asking Dean Smith about the fans. You know, it's like the game, was it Crystal Palace last season? Everybody pretended, let's pretend we scored a goal. And he's like, you know, very patiently sort of says, yeah, it's not not really helpful. But it isn't very helpful, is it? And I'm I'm slightly thinking that Norwich fans don't really know how powerful they could be in a positive way. Because if you go back to the first Premier League season under Daniel Farker, when lockdown came, when COVID put a stop to thing, was it, was it early March? They, they were in the bottom three, I think. I'm pretty sure they were. But they weren't adrift by any means because they ended up losing every single game after that. So they'd just beaten Leicester, I think. With, that was a really good night. That was a Friday night. and the, the fans really took them over the line. And there were lots of winnable games. I think Southampton and Brighton and Burnley. When it became a training ground exercise, they they couldn't cope, could they? Because it was they didn't have an advantage. So those fans could really could have been so much different had the fans been there. And then by the time they're back in the ground, it's everything has changed. So someone get that positivity back. I, that, someone said that to me after the game. They came up to me and said, um, "You got to realize we weren't here two years ago, so all we've seen and it's you know it's been said before, but we, you know we, we've missed the good bits and only had the bad bits, and now we're sort of here, and it's actually still not we're not feeling it's great." And um, so that that obviously that obviously has an impact. And I suppose the, the the one thing that the supporters, a few of them, came up with on Saturday was uh, it's it's always our fault, which I think is probably the that's how some people i guess are are feeling which obviously taps into um a much uh, much deeper situation um and i don't really know how that gets healed quickly and also i really don't want to spend the next 50 minutes talking about it because we've sort of done it quite a bit and we will continue to do it bearing in mind that the agm is uh, is next week so there's going to be plenty of opportunities coming up i do want to reflect on the quality of the goals though so i think we should because maybe that you know in that little that little spell or certainly well i say the goals the the second two goals i mean Tamu did good for the team did really well for the for the for the first one and it's a lovely moment for aaron ramsey especially well done liam gibbs as well for breaking forwards um but the second two are kind of lots of fun. You've got new fresh players coming in. Maybe they should have started in, in terms of Todd Cantwell and Marcelino Nunez and also Gabriel Sara. The, the second goal is brilliant because there's this great shoulder pass. Have we all seen this shoulder pass by Sara in the build-up? It's amazing. And I didn't see it live. I just I just sort of saw it in the, when I watched the game back. I was like, look at that. That's amazing. And, um, and uh, you know, really nice between Ramsey and, and Pookie. And then the, the the third goal is really clever from Todd Cantwell. So um, at, what what do we like most about those goals, Zoe? Well, you. You uh, don't have to ask on behalf of all of us. Ask it, answer it on behalf of Zoe. <laughs> um, it was just lovely. It was lovely, quick passing football. Um, I just, it was a return, a bit of a return to to feeling like maybe we did a few years ago when we were sort of, it feels like, and I'm sure that this is this is probably just a bit of nostalgia talking. It feels like every goal we scored uh, back in that 18-19 season was like that. Um, and just playing some sort of really aggressive, attacking football, not dithering on the ball. Um, and I, you know, Nunez, I just think is is fantastic, and his introduction, Campwell's introduction, just made us sort of turn into a completely different operation and. Um, and seeing Todd play like that, the way that he can play and affect a game in the way that he can, um, 
was quite heartwarming as well. I think that we have not seen very much of that at all in the last couple of years. Um, and hopefully he can try and find a way of harnessing some of that really good feeling because if he plays like that three times out of five, you know, we're going to have a really serious team on our hands. He just needs to try and find that consistency. So, yeah, I think just having three players that seem to want to pass it to each other quickly and intelligently, I think it was just, it, it was lovely. It was really nice to see. Honest, we just did not see it before that moment. I'm trying to think, I think that's what Todd Campwell's um, first real moment of genuine quality in creating a goal for Norwich in a very long time, because uh, although he's had good moments, that actual piece of making something happen, I might be doing him a disservice. I might've forgotten one, but it struck me, Phil, that that, and it was a wonderful pass for Nunez's friend as oh, well. And... Yeah, it was fantastic, wasn't it? It was. I mean, he's been working really hard this season. I, I think his attitude has been spot on. And that's, you know, quite often what people have been questioning about him. You know, we've always known he's had the quality as he got the, the sort of work ethic. And that has been there in abundance. But it just hasn't been clicking, has it, with the creative side that we know and sort of almost assume and expect is going to work. So when it came off, it, you know, it was great. I mean, there was a slight stroke of luck, in my opinion. The ball that came to him across the field was kind of like a pretty bad ball that went between two defenders. One was running backwards, one was running forward. But from that moment on, you know, an excellent ball into the box. Nunes was great. And then it was a tap-in for Sarah, who, you know, again, whether it's a tap-in or not, in the right place at the right time. So, you know. Yeah, I feel like with 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 Gabriel, where he seems to just be called Gabriel in some places, which is making quite hard to find him. But I, I think there's his numbers, his numbers and stats are probably quite good. I, I'm still not quite convinced by him on the pitch, but he's sort of one of those players where you get back and look at it and go, oh, actually, he's showing up quite well, which I'm sure people of clever football brains will pick up on. Um, obviously, the 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 underlying situation with Camp with Todd Campwell is that he is out of contract at the end of the season, as are eight other senior players, by the way. Not sure if I've mentioned that. I think I mentioned it once or twice. I wrote a piece on it. You can read it on The Athletic. Go for it. Read it. Why not? Uh, but, you know, Todd, Todd Cantwell did tweet his, his only public utterance uh, because he didn't stop in the mix zone. You know, the, the only one player does. <laughs> so that's how that is. But uh, Todd did tweet um, a tweet that was quite interestingly worded. I'll read it now. Maybe it'll sound differently read out. Who knows? Uh, I want to use this opportunity to say, no matter my future, this club means so much to me and I'm giving everything I can to show you all. I've never taken for granted wearing the shirt. We are a good match, no? Which is nice, isn't it, Zoe? Um, yeah. <laughs> I, uh, John, what do you think Norwich should... What, what, what should Norwich and Todd do here? Because that, that, that strikes me... I don't think that's him making any particular comment on his future, but it strikes me as a tweet that he's thinking, this is a good moment. I just want to make this point because I genuinely have no idea where I'm going to end up. It does suggest he would like to stay, doesn't it? If it was a possibility, do you not think? I don't know. Should we read into it? <laughs> Let's just read into it. What would we want to, yeah. What do you want to read into it, John? You come tell me what you're going to read me, into. Come and get me a contract, please. Give me a contract. I don't know. We've still got to tell with him. We never quite knew what what went wrong with him in the, a few, just a few months ago. And it was never quite clear how it went so so bad so quickly. But he certainly looked on it coming on. And maybe maybe that is his role for this season, for, for the next few games, impact substitute. Oh, do you think? Yeah, why not? Would you not start him against QPR? Well, We're going to have this debate later, but I can't resist now doing it. not very consistent, is he? That oh. is his problem. Uh, Do you think so? He's just... Oh, I mean, no, I think that yeah. is definitely proven yeah. to be true. I guess it's yeah. whether you then give him the chance to show that it's someone else, someone else, someone else. What are we saying? Let's do, go. Do, well, I, I agree, but do you not think actually we can go through half the Norwich squad and say they look loads better when they come on for 10 minutes at the end to try and change the game? Because, oh. you know, Hernandez is obviously one we've had the conversation with a million times before. Is, is that his role coming on as a substitute? Maybe it's Todd Cantwell's role. Well, actually, Nunes, I know, you know, Zoe's a fan. I was a massive fan at the start of the season. He's really gone off the boil in, in the last sort of month or so. But actually, when he came on the other day, he looked fantastic. So, you know, if, if, you know it's just as well Dean Smith's got five substitutes because, uh, you know, it feels like Norwich players seem to do better off the bench than they do when they start the game. We can call them finishers now, I think, don't we? Or game changers. There's probably some... Like some Eddie Jones, you are. Yeah. This is it. That's the way to do it. Um, oh, it'll be interesting. I, is there anything you want to pick out of... Um, 
Todd's tweet. I mean, it was a it was a, a, a an emoji with heart eyes, uh, if you know what that is, and then a yellow <laughs> and a green heart, obviously. So good good emoji choice, strong emojis. Not too creative, but you know, did the job. I think with with Todd, it's it it feels like it certainly felt to me when he went to Bournemouth last season, and it for for all of us, for the fans and for him, perhaps nobody really expected him to play for Norwich again, and it sort of maybe it was sort of it felt like that was it. Um, and then him coming back, obviously, and it being a slightly tricky start to the season, etc. Like it almost feels like it's absolutely like lined up for some sort of great redemption arc in terms of like everybody had written it, it off, including himself, and him trying to find <laughs> out, like you know, if, Todd seems like, and I you know I don't know him, so and I all I do is watch his Instagram videos that he puts on. He seems like a player that's always felt like he was destined for for bigger things than Norwich, and that is absolutely fair enough. It's good to have ambitions, I suppose. Um, and maybe it's that kind of feeling of, you know, he's not as young as he used to be anymore. He's still pretty young, but he's not, you know, a bright young ingenue that's, you know, still in the England under-21s or or anything like that. And I sort of the, I sort of feel about him maybe the way that I used to feel about Henry Lansbury when he was at Norwich. And he used to talk about, you know, being at Arsenal when he was surrounded by, you know, all those young players that made it, like Jack Wilshire and and all of those players. And these were the people that he grew up with. And those they were all playing for Arsenal. And he was the one that wasn't playing for Arsenal. And Lansbury was sort of used to talk about how he had to sort of readjust his feelings about everything um, because he wasn't playing for Arsenal. So what did that mean for whether he was still you know, achieving something. And I think maybe for Todd, maybe things haven't gone the way that he thought that they were going to go when he was, you know, such a bright prospect. Um, and he's sort of had to do maybe that period of soul searching and to think about, well, you know, what does success look like for me? What What is likely to happen to me? Um, and hopefully, you know, that, that pays off for us in the long run, but hopefully pays off for him because he obviously thinks, a lot about some of this stuff um you know he's obviously very sensitive I would say to to what people say about him and to to what happens and hopefully you know there's a really good outcome to all of this and and maybe a better one than a lot of us might have thought six months ago or so when it looked like things were over for us and him I suppose what a brilliant answer and very well said Zoe um uh, there's a piece on the athletic another plug on on uh, on um Aaron Ramsey and Todd's contribution on Saturday. And actually, it was, an, it was an interesting comment on it because um, so it, it's, it's sort of premised on the fact that Norwich have got quite a young uh, attacking midfield option, really. Numerous times they've played with Ramsey, uh, Todd and Josh Sargent. And you're looking at basically a 19, a 21 and a 24-year-old. Although that was the debate, you know, is Todd Cantwell still a young player? I kind of have 20. I think once you're 24, you're on the border. From that point on, you're you're probably you know you you're probably not. So Todd's probably on the cusp the cusp of it. But it always used to be that if you were 20, if you were 24 or under, or maybe under 24, that was when you know clubs could earn compensation from you. So that's how I judge it. But I suppose uh, John Todd's not really that young anymore. No, I think what Zoe said is spot on. He's no longer that young and an England under-21 star that big clubs have been linked with him. I think that's completely gone now. So where where Luke Norwich are in the Championship is his level, I would say, unless he proves otherwise. Well, that's the way, Todd. Go prove it. Um, John, I did want to ask you, I mean, part of the reason you're here is because you've got a slightly wider view of Norwich, um, maybe, than, than, than some. Um, what... What have you made? Well, a who who do you tend to get to see regularly compared to Norwich, and um, and what do you sort of make of what Norwich could do this year? Uh, the other teams in the Championship I see a lot of are Watford and Luton. Watford are all over the place, as everybody knows. I think it's I don't think it's a secret. I think it's that is that is their style, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> it's actually that is actually are, their their culture, <laughs> or yeah, literally to be all are, over the place. They are brilliant one week and absolutely rotten the next and Luton obviously a much smaller team they're sort of Norwich in the Premier League budget aren't they but they are actually fighters as, as we saw on when was it last week they had a proper game plan they, they, they make 
They make about six or seven changes every, or five or four or five changes every week, and it doesn't affect them. They've got a really, really good squad of, of quality all the way through that's similar. And nobody, nobody <laughs> seems- which is yeah. that, that kind of feels like an issue at Norwich in a way yeah. that there's almost nothing no, there's not maybe enough differentiation but also like Nathan Jones I feel now and he probably was before but maybe he needed to go to Stoke to find it he that is the perfect fit isn't he he is the perfect head coach for that setup at least yeah he's an aggressive little manager for an aggressive little team and they're made for each other they're both doing brilliantly love that Whereas, uh, not so much <laughs> so Norwich can finish above both of them because you know they're they're bigger, more quality. Everything should be fine. They they'll be right. Yeah, you know, that's yeah. yeah. I think they will. Yeah. There you go. But... I'll put words in your mouth there. <laughs> um, I was going to ask. I mean, we have the De- Burnley defeat. Maybe I was going to ask about it, but I tell you what, let's go on to things we are not going to talk about because then we can not talk about the last thing I was going to mention there, which is the defeat of Burnley. Let's not talk about that. There was a bit of de- a bit of debate from dean smith comments on his on his style phil when when and i'm imagining he said similar to you as well at colney before the game of the weekend what what sort of make of dean smith's comments there quite quite defensive and the, the subject to a degree is quite subjective as well really isn't it about the burnley defeat well and norwich's style because i think the, the big thing about that burnley defeat although we're not going to talk about it <laughs> was that uh, you know <laughs> Was quite clearly to me, Burnley being 2017 18 Daniel Farker Norwich, they just didn't have much yeah. cutting edge, but they were pretty sound at the back and they just played some lovely football and they were trying to do, trying to do a lot of very good things. And, and Norwich weren't. <laughs> no, I mean, well, yeah, we're not going to talk about the Burnley defeat. So I won't say that, that Norwich played like an away team that played against a good Norwich team at Carrow Road, if you know what I mean, which is exactly how they were. It, I mean, I don't remember much about the game and I commentated on it. Um, it was quite it was quite dull, wasn't it? But, you know, for, for everything Burnley were doing, they, they were struggling to get the ball in the net, apart from shots from outside. You know, so in that respect, Norwich did OK at doing that job of just, you know, getting 11 men behind the ball and stopping them have any real chances until the the sort of blatant handball but yeah Dean Smith talking um before the game of the weekend he was pretty defensive wasn't he he was pretty fired up about it and he, he sort of he, he wanted to get a few things off his chest because I think he feels like he is being compared to Daniel Farker and he is not like Daniel Farker I think that's what the point fans are trying to make but he's saying you don't get me yet you don't understand what I'm trying to achieve and I think he is trying to play a longer game I don't mean on the pitch but as in like creating a team that are better when they get to the Premier League. Now, of course, you can't run before you can walk and you've got to do well in the championship to get there before you can prove it, which is why it's, a, you know, he's saying that fans have not quite understood his concept yet. It's sort of down to him to prove what that concept is because we have been scratching our heads and we get to speak to him all the time. So, you know, the proof will be in the pudding and I think he's going to get plenty more time if things continue to click like they did in the, the last 10 minutes uh, against Stoke. OK, we'll start to see where they're going. But um, we know that managers don't always get that much time. I think he will, though. Um, another thing I was going to not talk about, or we were not going to talk about, um, but it does sort of follow on a little bit from that, was Alec Neal is obviously Stoke manager. I hope you kept, <laughs> kept up with that. It was nice to see him again. Uh, not that I actually got to speak to him. Uh, but he, he mentioned how he felt his Stoke side played OK. I thought they played OK, especially in the first half. Uh, you know, a lot, of, a lot of the issue with Norwich was that they just didn't seem to read the fact that Stoke knew exactly what Norwich were going to do and had set up very well to just stop them. <laughs> and it just made it very ugly. Um, but, you know, Alec, Alex said that he'd watched other teams at Carrow Road this season and they had just been unable to get out of their own half. They'd been absolutely suffocated and, and just lost. And, you know, I suppose we've maybe, and I remember saying this at the time, but you do sort of take for granted maybe some of those performances because it's the championship and it's not very inspiring, but literally absolutely dominating teams and, and then just taking your foot off the pedal because it's a bit too easy. I mean, that is kind of the discussion points we were having in, in mid-September. But um, anything anyone doesn't want to say about Stoke? Zoe, John, don't have to. Uh, no. Well, not not about Stoke, <laughs> but Burnley. Uh, I know this was last time I was on. I was talking about managers touchdown a uh, touchline fashions. Uh, Vincent Company's uh, choice of attire with the jacket, sort of weird 
vest thing, baseball cap thing going on. Um, I'm glad that that's not, that's not been one of Dean Smith's uh, options in his uh, carousel. Well, Yet. we've got plenty of games left. I mean, let's um, be honest, post-World Cup, he's had a little bit of a refresh. All of a sudden he thinks, let's let's be more progress. Let's be, let's be slower in our build-up. All of a sudden he rocks up in a cap and a jacket. Boom. <laughs> Could happen. <laughs> Good could happen. happen. It could be the start of something special. That could. Um, <laughs> indeed. Uh, another thing I didn't want to talk about was Ipswich drawing 4-4 at Charlton by somehow going 4-2 up in injury time by scoring twice in injury time. And then somehow, it's amazing watching the highlights because they then concede another two in injury time. So that's eight goals in injury time to draw 4-4. Though obviously you, you can see the home end and I think even Charlton got back to from 2-0 down to 2-2, didn't they? And that was quite late. And there's like a big full crowd. And then they concede in injury time, 3-2, and then 4-2. And then the next time it goes back to the home end, there's like half the people there. <laughs> so there's only about half the home fans that actually saw those last two goals going. Also, apparently Ipswich also complained about uh, a fan in, in the home end blowing a whistle every time Ipswich got into promising positions, which A, is quite funny, and B, how, in, how on earth does that not happen more often? I mean, you just think you, you want to sit there making a really intimidating atmosphere. No, just someone take a whistle. <laughs> you're literally you're literally hoaxing the game. Don't do it. I'm not encouraging or condoning <laughs> it. I don't know what the punishment is for it. Don't don't do it. But I just I'm surprised maybe it doesn't happen more. John, have you ever it, heard a whistle going off in the? No, I don't think so. No, you're right. It seems sneaky and obvious. Yeah. Do you remember there was a time that there was a real concern about laser pens and uh, and shining them yes. in people's eyes? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That kind of technology. We've got a whistle. Yeah. <laughs> Change the world with a whistle. Two fingers. Bang. Yeah, dear. I mean, we were talking about darts last week. Now we're talking about laser pens and whistles. So <laughs> anyway, Zoe, I think you were going to say something. Yeah, well, I was just going to say it's a bit reminiscent of um, Ipswich having a problem when uh, Louis, I think it was Lewis Graben shouted... Uh, mine or um <laughs> whatever it was when uh when he outfoxed them uh to uh to score in one of the derbies that was uh that was quite lovely as well i'm sure, I'm sure that's allowed uh, I, I i can't be i can't go full tilt at ipswich because i myself in the late 1990s went to the valley and saw norwich 4-2 up only to concede twice in injury time and draw 4-4 so it's actually reminded me a bit of that and that basically destroyed that season so uh um i'm you know who knows if that will be the same for ipswich we will find out uh what else should we talk about or not uh, so yeah if anyone has things they don't want to talk about please suggest them uh, john jonathan tomkinson did very well at burnley i thought for his full league debut sam mccallum's done very well coming back into the team for two performances when he's basically not fit. <laughs> so that's pretty, pretty good going. Uh, anything else anyone doesn't want to talk about? I don't I'm want to talk struggling. about whether... Oh, go on. You go, John. So I'm just struggling with the concept of not talking about it. <laughs> what is this section? It's pretty It's It's ironic, I suppose. Okay. I don't want to talk about whether Kenny McLean is going to come back in after his suspension. Is that because you know he will? No, I've, I've got no idea. I just no, know no. That fans, obviously, well, a lot of fans just despise him. <laughs> and, and, it's, uh, and, and I think he probably will come straight back into the same. So, uh, you know, people Which are does... not going to be happy, I'm sure. No, I know. Which, does, to me, does, does seem harsh on Kenny, if I'm honest. I think he deserves a bit better than that. It's hardly his fault. Um, yes, the only other thing I've got written here that we're not going to talk about is uh, the latest Norwich City Insights video. <laughs> I'm not going to... I'm not going to talk about it. If you want to watch it, watch it. It's out there. He answers some questions. That's good of him. And uh, yeah, nothing else about? to say. What uh, about Tumo Puki being one of the out, out of contract players? Well, let's really not talk about that. Actually, <laughs> lovely segue, John. It's like you knew because uh, we did have a message. Let's have a go through some of these messages now, shall we? Uh, let me find out where it is. Just give me two seconds and I will get there because surely I have done my job properly. He says, where was it? It was literally there. Did I not? Did I not? Oh, no, I didn't. Um, maybe I didn't. Be- oh, yes, here we go. Declan Cotter. Hello, Declan. Imagine a Premier League season without Pookie when his contract runs out. Yes, we can all contemplate that right now. <laughs> you, could, oh. uh, you could really end that question after uh, four, four words of that, that sentence oh. as well. Just imagine another Premier League season. <laughs> yeah. Well, we might not have to worry about that. Um, yeah, the playoffs would be fun. Let's have a, what else have we got here? Uh, Docker Paul, a win is a win. 
There you go. That's the attitude. Um, Saif Ahmed has been in touch. What do you think of Jonathan Rowe, guys? Now, I think Saif has asked that about eight times, so I feel like I needed to put it up there. Uh, we'd like to see him play because he's been injured, hasn't he? Stress-related injury, so I'm hoping he'll be back quite soon. Uh, maybe, probably post-World Cup. And in fact, there was another question about somebody else, Neil Luther. Did Hello, you say Neil. stress-related injury? Not as in a like stress. I was going to say it's not because he's just like really stressed out. Can't no, it's not like me. No, it's on a deadline. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't. Um, Neil Luther, when is uh, Jakob Sernson? I have remembered how to say his name. That's good. Going to be available again uh, post World Cup. Although I think he was making good progress, wasn't he? I think Dean Smith said last time, Phil. So on the grass, I think he says. On yeah. the grass. That's the grass. like. <laughs> That's there's rehab, isn't there? There's rehab with oh, the medical staff. Yeah. Then you're on the grass. On the grass. Which yeah. I think is that normally before or after running? Um, I, it's probably it's before running on the grass. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> so you're probably you're with the medical staff. You're yeah. doing your rehab. You got your programs. Yeah. Then you're running. He's running. He's doing a bit of running. So that, yeah. that could be a treadmill. Then you're on the grass. Then you're on the grass. Then you're on the grass running. Then you're running on the grass. Then, which is obviously a great step. And then you're in training. Yeah. Now, sometimes that can be on your own. I don't know what that is, like just kicking a ball against a wall. But then yeah. when you're in team training. Contact when, training. That's yeah. contact Or contact training. That's yeah. when you're in consideration and you'll generally play before you're ready. <laughs> As has been the case this year. <laughs> uh, so there you go. That's where you cut out all of those steps and just go straight in. Yeah. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Oh, Isaac Hayden, yeah. We put some tape on his knee. He'll be fine. He's not actually <laughs> training. Um, oh, yeah. Read my interview with Isaac Hayden. And that, that's good. That's on the athletic as well. But it was interesting. He said, basically, he's now playing and not really training <laughs> to manage his knee. I don't know if that's the best way around, but there we go. Uh, it'll be all right. The other side of the World Cup, I'm sure. Just like everything. Paul Frake says, nice to see Zoe, <laughs> which is obviously uh, very rude to the, three, <laughs> the other three. Of us. <laughs> that's fine. Milchman, will anyone finish above Burnley? Do we think anyone will finish above Burnley? Off, off, off. I'm not. I, I'm. I don't. Oh, Sheffield United are an interesting one because they obviously do have some form to them. But what do we think? There is no one good side in this division. It's a. No. It's a wide open championship. Wide so open. Burnley haven't done that brilliantly, but they could do. They're the one side you think maybe they will, but they haven't proved anything yet. Love that, John. Uh, Gaz Freeman. A much better second half performance. Just a shame we can't do it for the full 90 minutes. I mean, that is a recurring theme, isn't it? Norwich have not had... Can we think of one complete 90-minute performance? Let's just leave the silence <laughs> there for a moment. Oh, Neil's back. Fans are just not having Dean Smith. We looked one-paced and no real speed in the team. We never seem to get in behind opposition. Everything is played in front of the defence, which does appear to be some... Partly the issue, especially when you have Tame and Pookie as your striker. Kevin Buller, let's get a couple more into these. Watching the podcast tonight from Paphos in Cyprus. Well, have a lovely time, Kevin. I hope you're having a whoop, whoop and double hearts emoji. Love it. <laughs> I hope you're having a wonderful time. Anyone here been to Paphos? Or Cyprus? It's Cyprus, yeah. yeah, it's lovely. Oh, Phil has worldly man, you. Um, <laughs> good, I'm glad it's lovely. That means that Kevin will be having a lovely time. Simon Duarte, it's lovely here in England, in, in Norwich. Simon Duarte, in my opinion, Todd didn't have the people to keep his feet on the ground when he was on the up. There we go. That's Simon's view. And Neil, uh, Leon, Leon, Leon. Is Leon? Uh, it's strange, in a good way, seeing Phil Daly as well as hearing him. I love that. He's got it's such nice. a handsome face. Would you rather I. There we go. No! <laughs> oh, is that better? It's just this, this like is much radio. more in keeping. Yeah, face for radio. Thank you. A, yeah. a screen for radio, I was going to say. Right. Well, um, that's all the things of those things and stuff. So that's great. I reckon we uh, we move on to uh, the next bit, which is, uh, of course, John Motson. This is almost fantasy football. Yes, this is almost fantasy football. The, the good news is I've reached the end of my list of horrible October fixtures. That was exciting. I I, I just got, got to the end. It's like, oh, yeah, it's November, isn't it? Which it is tomorrow. By the way... 42 minutes, not a single Halloween reference. Oh, not even because we're all adults. Nothing like it didn't happen. Um, uh, so yeah, so the 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 you know, we we ended October on a win, that's exciting, 
and we began October on a win. There were no wins in the middle <laughs> of <laughs> all of those eight games. Uh, this is an interesting month, though, uh, in terms of at least you know the first half of it, because there's a World Cup at the second half of it. In fact, there's only three games you know, this November for Norwich City. Uh, Rotherham away on Saturday. There's no Paul Warren, which does certainly make the Rotherham fixture infinitely less interesting. <laughs> uh, it's just like, oh, God. So there we go. Uh, let's not even bother talking about it. It's Rotherham. Uh, Queen's Park Rangers, though, at Cow Road on Tuesday, John. Um, QPR, a good side. Michael Beale, Mick, Mick Beale. He's doing a good job. And uh, he's quite fun on Instagram. He's busy. He's He's... Uh, you know, he he seems to like what he does and know what he does and wants people to know what he does. And, you know, it's the way forward. Is it the way forward? You tell me. Oh, what? Don't know about that. Well, his podcast <laughs> is confusing enough for me. But he does seem to be a, a, a young English coach on the up. I mean, was, we turned down Wolves, didn't they? I mean, which probably would have been a mistake, wouldn't it? Because To go there. Yeah, I think so. Because if you... He's only had a few months. He's had three months as a manager, hasn't he? So if yeah. he goes in the Premier League and gets chewed up by four defeats in a row, he's he's got to start again. So so he's going to stay at QPR. He's he's turned them into a, a very attacking team. Then I wouldn't say they've their quality was any better than Norwich's, but uh, they're, they're they're doing well. They're good to watch. I saw them draw against Reading. Reading are up there as well. Reading, if Reading had won that game, they would have gone top of the championship with a negative goal difference. There is. There is, this, this there is, there is, there is no way Reading are finishing in the top two. No. <laughs> I'm sorry, that's really. just maybe yeah. not even the top six. Um, but it's interesting you said there that there's no, they wouldn't, you wouldn't necessarily say there was much better quality in the QPR no, team than Norwich. I mean, that that means they're at Norwich's level, and we always get told that this Norwich squad is supposed to be better than everyone else's, pretty much. So that tells me that QPR are genuine contenders this season. Mm-hmm. I think so. Yeah, love it. Love that. Well, in that case, Phil, we should really look forward to watching QPR play at Carrow Road. I'm, I'm really looking forward to it, aren't you? Yes. I've always liked uh, 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 Elias Chair. Elias Chair. I don't, I, yeah. I, I, have I even pronounced any of that right? I've let myself go, really, with, with my pronunciation. <laughs> you don't have to worry about it when you write it down, do you? That's the thing. It's very, it's very true. Sadly, this podcast isn't written down. It's one of the downfalls. <laughs> it's one of the downfalls. Uh, yeah, I mean, do you, do you see them being proper contenders? Are we at that point now where we look at Norwich and think, well, Norwich aren't going to run away with this. Um, we've got a proper top six battle and we've got to take it seriously when we're coming up against good teams. I still think that the championship is not really that good. Uh, and I, I, I still believe that... Look, I, I still don't think I've really seen a team, even Burnley, that I've gone, do you know what? They're they're good. You know, they are really a good side. Yeah, Burnley played sort of okay, but Norwich were awful that day and they only just, with a penalty, got past them. You know, if Norwich had got away with a point from it, I'm not sure Burnley deserved a huge amount of credit. Apart from Sheffield United, maybe when we played them in the second half, you know, they really turned it on. But first half, they were woeful. So I don't think I've seen another um, team in the Championship play a decent 90 minutes yet. So... I'm not really surprised, and, and I won't be, to see if QPR, you know, either finish top or, or finish mid-table. I mean, it feels like it's a classic championship season of any team can beat any team, but not because they're good, because actually the quality is so hit and miss week in, week out. They 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 lost a couple of goals to uh, to, to Birmingham, didn't they? And, and then just a, a few games before that beat Sheffield United. So uh, you don't know what you're going to get when you turn up. And, you know, I don't follow QPR regular enough to see what they're their injury crisis and left-back scenarios alike. But I, I just think the quality at the moment that you're seeing in the championship is not great. And, and, that, and I think, again, that comes back to Norwich, that you think if they did play to their potential with this squad that we're constantly telling ourselves is, is excellent, they should run away with it. And that's why we're not happy when they don't. Uh, are we in streaky territory again, Zoe? You know, back-to-back home wins, six points. Away we go, onwards. It would be really nice, wouldn't it, to just go into the World Cup break with a few, like, a, you know, a good run of form. I think it might not completely stop all of the conversations about whether the manager should be the manager uh, long term. But um, I think, yeah, it would just it would just set us up really nicely for coming back after that break and just trying to put 
the accelerator on and and go for it and have a really good run I think if we're if we're feeling down before the break that that restart might be a bit of a tricky one yes that's very true uh it is Middlesbrough at home for Norwich before the World Cup so and we will have a break from the podcasts once uh, the, the football's finished so that would be nice um lovely is there anything anyone wants to see between now and and the world cup break in from a norwich perspective i have not prepped any of you for this question i have not come up with an answer myself in fact i've only just come up with the question anything you want to see we've got three games two weeks one target <laughs> my one vision uh any, <laughs> any one thing anyone wants to see john you're rocking up at carrow road for Middlesbrough, I want to see, want to see Josh Sargent back as a striker. Oh, Ooh. well, uh, uh, he needs to be fit because he's nursing his calf yeah. injury at the moment. He's he is the potentially sole representative at the World Cup for Norwich, so <laughs> wrap him in cotton wool. Uh, you did remind me then we also got asked a question uh, or a comment, which was great, and I wanted to mention it again, but I'm not so quick at finding these. Here we go, Jake. Our best offensive moments this season have come with either Pookie or Sargent out of the lineup, only one or the other in the 11. I can't off the top of my head verify whether that's true, but I can understand the sentiment of that because basically maybe it doesn't work when one of them's wide, potentially, or not very often. So yeah, Josh, that would be good. Let's hope he's okay. Phil, anything you want to see? Um, I want to see a Nunez free kick from outside the box flying in the top corner because when he scored that one, what was it? Was it Wigan? Hull. I remember. Hull, Hull sorry, away. Hull. Hull. A long time ago. I'd, I'd love to see one of those at Carroll Road. That would be great, wouldn't it? Because we know he's got him in his locker, but um, he hasn't had any opportunities to do it of late. So that'd be good. True. Go on, Marcelino. How about you, in Zoe? the 19th oh. win, something like that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, don't waste it on like a second minute win that we then <laughs> go and lose 4 1 afterwards. <laughs> Too true. And <laughs> Zoe, anything you want to yeah, say? Wasn't, wasn't, wasn't it good when Nunez? got the ball quite a long way out the other on, on Saturday and you could tell how much he wanted to try and oh. chip the goalie and he just couldn't oh. get his feet right. I don't think it's just, that would have been amazing. That would be, that would be good, but I'm going to go for a pookie hat trick in one of the games. I think get him, get him on his way to his a hundred and uh, yeah, make him look a bit, bit smileier, bit smileier. Well, the third one being a penalty, obviously. <laughs> obviously. Love that. Um, well, that that would be delightful if that all happened. So what else have we got in terms of questions as well? Let's run through these and then we can wrap this up. Uh, Jeff Mann, 98, is talking about the atmosphere. The only way to improve the carrot atmosphere is to bring back Captain Canary. Where's he gone? Now, I must admit, I hadn't noticed he wasn't there. Is this true? Has anyone else seen Captain Canary recently? Not for a while. Bring back oh Splat, Splat the Cat. That's what, if you want, a, if you want, if you want an atmosphere, that it was Splat the Cat that brought it. Well, maybe Definitely. if we find one, that might lead to the other. <laughs> I don't know. Are they both in the same place? I, I'm actually genuinely worried. If someone could let us know, uh, I don't care how, but just let us know that they're okay. And uh, not by like sending them, you know, head in a box or anything daft like that. I, I just, just want to know. Go dark Please. quickly. Yeah. Well, it's Halloween, isn't it? So I thought I'd bring a bit of topical edge to the podcast. As always, in fact. Speaking of Halloween... Neil Luther. Anyone watched Anel's and the Football Club's Halloween prank video? I've seen a clip which looked quite funny. I've not watched it properly. Anyone watched it? Zoe, you're nodding. Oh, I watched. I watched a bit of it. I think what was scariest. So they had, they had the players uh, sort of pretending to film a kind of promo video for some coffee, I guess. And uh, what was scariest was Omar Bamadeli's uh, delivery, I think, of his lines, <laughs> which was not going to sell anything. I would say. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and El Hernandez didn't even turn up in that in that one, presumably. <laughs> uh, harsh there from Zoe. Um, there we go. We shouldn't be criticising the club's content. And that's that's one yes. thing we definitely shouldn't be doing right now. <laughs> God knows what might happen if we did, but we're not going to talk about that. Um, Doctor, it just it's just laugh. It's football. It doesn't matter. Everyone takes everything so seriously. Just get along. We're all humans. Crying out loud. <laughs> anyway, I've got that off my chest. Dr. Loafingstone, if we strengthen in January, January, what positions would you strengthen? Well, I, I hate to say it, Doctor, but there is no way Norwich are buying anyone in January unless they sell seven of them. <laughs> uh, 
So it, it, I don't know. I, I think they've literally, Mr. Richardson said that as well. He's like, yeah, we, we think we've got a squad capable of doing what we need to do and we haven't got any money. <laughs> so um, anyone though, anywhere, any, if you could strengthen guys, where would you, where would you like to, what would you like to bring in? Cause surely they've got every ingredient right now. John. Um, if Hayden's fit, then he's top. He's what they need as defensive midfielder. But if he's not, they need somebody skip-like player, don't they? Because that's what they were lacking so much last season and so much before Hayden came in. Oh, so, yeah. Maybe they could borrow another one if they had to. Moment silence for Ollie Skip. You feel? <laughs> um, well, probably a left-back because they're all bound to get injured again. So... <laughs> We probably need like number six or seven. It's like a depth chart, isn't it? Like American football, where you just go to the next guy and the next guy. Yeah. It's only a matter of time until like Michael McGovern's playing left back. So, um, yeah, just just get just get another couple of left backs for invariably when when they're playing. I mean, or so that they can play out of position and know what it feels like for people like Kenny and Lungi. Great, great shout. I mean, I mean, if there's nothing to play for for like the second half of the season. I would really like to see Michael McGovern at left back. I just think that would be that would be like a <laughs> an added element of mystery. Is he left footed? Really. Doesn't matter. Is Sam Byram left footed? No, it doesn't matter. <laughs> I don't think that would be I probably wouldn't be Michael's main issue. If I had a if I had a right, play me on the right, I'll be fine, boss. Um anyway, this is fun, isn't it? Um uh, Ange 10 possibly angel could be angel uh the midfielders are number one problem in my subjective opinion hey i think they all are subjective not problems that's a good view uh not that i'm you know rating it it's not up to me to say what's a good view or not i just like that you put the effort and commented so thank you uh i think we're all done with that but i did want to mention one other thing because we did kind of brush under it a little bit and i guess also when the agm comes up it is something we will talk about uh again but ollie sharp got in touch um he says hello given the accounts you can see why so many contracts have not been renewed do the on the ball team that's us uh oh <laughs> oh yeah sorry. so th there's a bit about the accounts. Then he says do the on the ball team is the second point oh an apology to dimmy re-faking his injury at sheffield united because he did actually crack a <laughs> crack a rib <laughs> i i reckon that was probably dan wasn't it i imagine that was the sort of thing dan bring him to i can't remember now maybe it was me um Oh, and that was it. And then he says some nice words. So thank you, Ollie. Um, I'm a bit worried about Dimmy's cracked rib because I can't work out how long it... John, do you know how long it... I don't know why I'm asking you particularly, but I want you to know. Do, do you know how long you'd recover from a broken rib to play a game? Because... Or a cracked rib, I should say. Because it's... Got weeks, isn't there, that? You've literally got to let that heal before you yeah. can go back into contact, I would say. Hmm. We don't know then. Is there anyone else? Do, do, do anyone else know? Well, you, you can't do anything to fix it, can you? You do just have to leave it, and and I don't know. They probably go in the cryotherapy. That probably helps getting getting it really cold in there. But I think it just depends when it's comfortable again, doesn't it? Because this depends how cracked it is. Whether it's a little tiny one or a big one. Well, this is true. This is <laughs> this is true. Um, we don't know, but. Um... Hopefully someone does, and they're making the right decision. I don't want to see <laughs> Dimmy playing on <laughs> uh, on on Wednesday. Don't send him back. A, early. Um, if he wears a really tight shirt, it might just hold it in, so he'll be fine. <laughs> yeah, that's very that's very true. Well said. Um, what well, uh, final final comment? Let's see what, what can we wrap out of here. Lots of talk this season. Says Michael Brigham. Any relation? Don't know. Who knows? Uh, this season, there can't be many Brigham's about. Anyway, um, lots of talk this season about lack of complete performance and indeed on this podcast. <laughs> and we've uh, tended to do well using the bench with all teams being allowed five changes. Game management is completely different. That's true. Maybe the complete 90 minute performance just doesn't exist anymore because football is different now. I think that's quite a good point. Uh, Paul Frake says, happy Halloween. Um <laughs> Um, and Milchman says Liz Trust as a PM was pretty scary. So there we go. That's um, that's, a, that's a comment it's there. A satire. satire. Bring a bit of that in. Uh, Joey Cross says worrying lack of Norwich City memorabilia in the backgrounds tonight. Well, John's in Cambridge. Uh, Phil's got his cap on. I think that's. I'm in my kitchen. It's not. I mean, it's not appropriate, um, really. I've got this probably is a signed shirt. I can do yes. 2012-13 season. Um, but you can't really see it. 
I um I took down all my memorabilia because I had it up and then I did one press conference with Daniel Farker and I just thought this looks really ridiculous I'm trying to do an objective <laughs> job as a journalist and I've literally got a Norwich City wall behind me so I I, I removed it all uh, I've got quite a cool uh, picture that my uncle did um, with um, with vinyl and and stickers but um. It's on a slightly religious theme, so it would probably be quite offensive to some, and I'm not going to show it. Just let it be known that it's there. Um, uh, well, this podcast has been... Oh, hang on. Neil Luther, he knows. Cracked rib, three to six weeks. Wait, Neil, I'm literally taking your word for it, so it's great. <laughs> oh, hang on. Michael as well. Three to six weeks. For, have you both just Googled that? <laughs> you have, haven't you? Three to six... We don't know how big the crack is. <laughs> um... <laughs> Right. Uh, I really do think we are we are done, aren't we? Is I have I have some Kenny and Kenny other business. Kenny, uh, thank you, Zoe, for knowing the format <laughs> better than me. Kenny other business. A few times now. Uh, question: uh, On Saturday, there were three players in both match day squads combined whose fathers I've seen play. Has there ever been more players? available to play on a match day whose dads you have seen play i can think of two of them hopefully uh, one of them's angus gun <laughs> yes yeah one of them was angus and then um rory de lap, must rory, be one. De lap. rory de lap and dimaggio wright phillips whose dad of course. is yeah is, and his granddad is ian wright so yeah. three generations Sean of that. wright phillips Family. ian wright and then the yeah, Dimaggio Wright Phillips, who is twenty-one, which made me feel very old. Um, oh, the quiz question that that's good. That is, I Steve Steve Three Sanders will be so of, proud of you, so proud of you. I was I hoping he'd be here so I could tell him that all by myself. He wouldn't have got but... it. It wouldn't have been on his <laughs> no. spreadsheet. Um, some great work on his Twitter account, by the way, over the weekend. I mean, there always is every weekend, but it's worth flagging it up at NCFC numbers for Steve. Obviously, go and check that out. Uh, any any other business? Anyone else? Or are we all ready to go home? Or we are already home, so switch off the world <laughs> to our homes. Anyone? We're good. No, we're good. Is Josh going to be fit for the World Cup? Because as you said, only player that we've got to actually keep an eye on during the entire World Cup. I mean, we're not going to be following England, obviously, are we? No. Uh, I, <laughs> uh, uh, it's, um, I thought it was interesting that Dean Smith actually said when he, when he said, oh, he had a calf, he was nursing the calf injury. He mentioned the fact that he's got a World Cup ahead. So it's almost like that is clearly in the back of Josh's mind, yeah. even if the club, they're obviously not going to just push him out. They probably, oh, hang on. I mean, if I was being really cynical about this now, he gets called up, plays well in the World Cup. He's young. He's had a good season in the championship. He's worth more money in the summer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, are we yeah. doing an uh, emergency podcast michael if josh Sar Sargent scores against england uh in the world cup uh, yeah we should probably ask what the bar is for an emergency podcast <laughs> yeah, what, what level does he need does he need to play we could do a watch along or is that more tnc i don't know uh do we need to do that or yeah what have it let us know what you would like the bar to be for an emergency podcast during the world cup <laughs> To actually a get me on it b zoe's gonna have to be on it because because she suggested it so that's her committed and then if we can find anyone else willing to go on he needs he to score something. six goals um that's my that's my bar six <laughs> six in one game yeah right yeah that's that's the way i should do this podcast really you've shown me the way forward there phil right uh i think we are done for time uh, how lovely what great fun that is it for another on the ball the Norwich city podcast that has already planned a warm weather break in the canaries come late november uh, if you yet to do so please make sure you subscribe via your podcast player of choice the pod is available free for everyone on your usual player and we are streaming the recording of the pods live in video form on my social media channels uh have a search and I'm sure you'll be able to find them. Uh, ratings and reviews wherever prompted are always hugely appreciated. And if you want to get in touch with any questions or topic proposals, then sling me a direct message on Twitter. The handle is at Michael J. Bailey. As for this evening, a big thank you for our wonderful guest this evening. John, thank you so much for your debut. Did you enjoy it? Absolutely. Thank you for inviting me. A pleasure. What are you doing? See you on Wednesday. I will see you on Wednesday. No one else will hear, but I will definitely. Um, uh, will you come on again? If you if you would like me to, I would be delighted. I will I will take that control and I will use it when I need to. Thank you so much, uh, Phil. Thanks for coming on. 
Nice to well, see you. See you on Wednesday. And see, I'll see you on Wednesday <laughs> as well. Have a great one. Uh, um, so obviously you can catch all of Phil's stuff on BBC Radio Norfolk. And uh, Zoe, I won't see you on Wednesday, I'm guessing, but um, are you no. at the game on Wednesday? No, sadly not. We'll be watch- We'll be watching on Sky Sports' main event. Uh, oh, so, I hope yeah. they get the right commentary from the right game on that. Do you mean listening on BBC Radio Norfolk, by the way? Is that what you meant to say? Whilst watching the pictures? Uh, sadly can't get it outside of Norfolk, so... Uh... York, you can't, Yorkshire does not receive Radio Norfolk match day commentary. So. Cool. Have all well, to... don't don't get me started on Yorkshire. Um, <laughs> Zoe, thank you so much, Phil, John. Awesome, what a trio. Uh, we'll be back next Monday for a fresh bout of Canaries Capers. I say we, I'm not, I don't think, because I think Steve is hosting that one and I will be nowhere to be seen, potentially. <laughs> I imagine I might pop up. Uh, but that will be another edition of On the Ball, Norwich City Podcast. Until then, never mind the danger. <laughs>